0: Father God, thank you so much for uh, the hope of Jesus, our uh, saving one. Thank you so much for uh, the life that we have because of uh, the life, death, and resurrection of your son Jesus. God, we uh, want to honor you and worship you this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray now that you would uh, quiet our hearts. I pray that you would give us attentive ears. I pray that you would uh, help us to receive from you what uh, you have for us this morning. Uh, God, I thank you for each and every person who is gathered here this morning. I believe that uh, there are no accidents here this morning, that you have us here uh, for a reason, Lord. And so we pray expectantly uh, for great things. God, be glorified in our time together. Uh, Lord, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your name spirit amen you may have a seat church how you doing today wonderful merry christmas to all Uh, This is the fourth week of Advent. Advent is a word that means coming. Uh, It's an opportunity for us as a church to remember uh, that Jesus came some 2,000 years ago, and we have an opportunity as a church family to look forward uh, to his coming again. Uh, Historically, within uh, the church, they would light candles to help Uh, prepare them for uh, the coming of Christ. It was a way for people to reorient their minds and their hearts. Uh, A few weeks ago, we said that the first week of Advent was a week of hope, and so we lit a candle and talked about the hope that we have uh, in Jesus. The second week, uh, as we like to say around here, was the snow and ice week. Uh, but historically that's not what it represented. It was the week of prophecy. Uh, We remember that historically uh, scripture foretold uh, the coming of Christ long before uh, he ever came. And so we read from God's word and we lit uh, the prophecy uh, candle. Uh, Last week we talked about the joy that has been given to us uh, through Jesus. And this week we have an opportunity uh, to hear a familiar passage of scripture about God's love. And so I've asked Noah, if he would, uh, to come forward as we read from uh, John chapter 3.
1: For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him.
0: Noah got to do that because he knows people, so I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know about you but I am excited for Christmas it is the day before the day before Christmas and I have uh, great expectations and I have high hopes uh, this is a day that it seems like we look forward to uh, for months and months, and so there's so much build up uh, to this moment. And so uh, I just want to let you know I'm I'm coming to you this morning with uh, just a couple assumptions. My first assumption uh, is that you want Christmas to be perfect. Uh, you want Christmas to be perfect. You want to have a perfect time uh, with your loved ones, with your family. You want to sit down for a perfect meal uh, with the perfect music playing in the background. You want to give the perfect Christmas gift so your loved one opens up the box and says, this gift, it's perfect. Uh, if you were honest, you would say that you probably want to receive the perfect Christmas gift. The kind of Christmas gift that you receive and when you open up the box, the gift receipt is there, you know the gift receipt, and you just hand it back and you say, I won't be needing this. This gift is perfect. Uh, if you are here this morning, then something tells me that you want to experience uh, the perfect Christmas. That's my first assumption. The second assumption is that for all of us who are here this morning, uh, you will not experience the perfect Christmas. Uh, you won't experience a perfect Christmas. Your Christmas may be good, your Christmas may even be great, uh, but your Christmas uh, will not be perfect, right? There will be something that you want that you don't get, there will be certain expectations that you have that will go unmet. There may be an awkward moment around the dinner table uh, with your family. Your Christmas may be good, it may be great, but I, I suspect it won't be perfect, uh, so this morning, I come to you uh, with good news. Uh, if you hear that this morning and you trust that that is true, I want you to know that, uh, that hope uh, has come, uh, that Jesus came to an imperfect world uh, to meet with imperfect people and point them to his perfect Father. And so that's what I want uh, us to do this morning. Uh, over the course of the last few weeks together, we've been walking through a series called Gifts from God. Gifts from God. You may remember a few weeks ago, I talked about a time in my own life when my children were showered with Christmas gifts. And I, and I looked at uh, all of the gifts that they had received with all of the wrapping paper spread about uh, the living room in piles and piles and piles of stuff. And I thought uh, to myself, this is too much. This is too much. And the thought that I had right after that is I must put a stop to it. (laughs) We cannot go on like this. If they get anything more, uh, they will grow up to be spoiled. Sometimes we do that when we receive gifts. We think to ourselves, that's too much. I must put a stop to it. But I suggest that that there are other times in life when we receive gifts and we say to ourselves, this is too much. Uh, But then we say, but isn't it good? Good. Uh, We ask the question, what if the God that made you, the God that knows you and loves you, actually delights in giving gifts to you? Over the course of the last few weeks together, we've walked through Romans chapter 8 to look at some of the good gifts that God uh, has given to his children. And so this morning, I have good news for you. Uh, I have gifts. I come bearing gifts, and they're found in Romans uh, chapter 8. And so, if you have your Bibles, please uh, turn with me there. I'm well aware that we have children in the service today, uh, which, good news for you, that means that we're going to be a little shorter than we typically are. But also, I wanted to do something to engage the children. And so, I thought of, of three motions uh, that go along with the message. I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, James, it's too much. <laughs> I know it's Christmas. We pull out all the stops here for Christmas. We have three motions. And so, kids, uh, you have to help me out uh, and encourage your parents. Uh, To help you out as well. I just want you to know when you come uh, back to your house after the service, you're probably going to get on Facebook. You're going to see some churches with live nativities, and they're going to have an actual baby in the manger. Uh, Some churches will actually have a, a multitude of angels, like literal angels singing in the choir, and still others will probably do an interview with a shepherd who was actually there when Jesus was born. Uh, we don't have any of those things here at Christ Point this morning, but what we do have is three motions, okay? So the first gift that God has given to you and to me is he has given to us the gift of hope. And so when I think of hope, I know this is weird, uh, but, I, but I think of this, I think of rubbing our hands together, right, in hopeful anticipation. I'm for Come on, everyone, play along, play along, don't be shy. I'm 40 years old and still when I get excited about certain things, I start rubbing my hands together like I'm trying to start a fire. Right, I do this. I do this when, uh, when I know the next day I'm going to leave for vacation. I go, oh boy, I'm so excited. Uh, I do this when I go to sit down for a good meal with family or friends and, and the steak is placed before me. I go, I'm so excited. Uh, I do this when we pass through the harsh Carolina winter. You know the winter I'm talking about, like low 40s day after day after day. <laughs> Right, And the Lord delivers us from that. And then we start getting in the 60s and uh, the 70s. I still do this to this day. When I do this, I think of hope. The reason I feel excitement uh, is because I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that something great is going to happen. And, and God in Jesus has given uh, to you and to me, he's given uh, us hope. Uh, And and the reason that we stand in need of hope, the reason that uh, the good news of Christmas is such good news is because we live uh, in a world that doesn't always work the way that we want it to, right? Have you had an experience like that where the world around you doesn't quite work the way that you want it to work? And and maybe things in your own life don't always play out the way that you want them uh, to play out. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8, verse 22. He says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, And so the Apostle Paul writes to the church, and he says, creation groans. Uh, the world around us doesn't always work the way that we want it to, but it's not just the world around us. It's our own lives, right? It's our own hearts. Things don't always play out uh, the way that we want them uh, to play out. I remember... Uh, A a while ago, I was talking to a counselor friend about a particular relationship, and I was kind of lamenting the way things were going, and he listened intently to me, and he asked uh, good questions, and then after a while, he said to me, okay, James, now let's talk about you. (laughs) And I thought, I clearly am not the problem, right? (laughs) Let's talk about all of the problems out there. And he said, no, let's, let's talk about you for a minute see, life doesn't always uh, play out the way that we want it to. Creation groans and we groan. We we long for uh, the world around us to be uh, fixed, but but hope uh, has come. Hope has come. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Verse 24 reads, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it uh, with patience. See, God has given us the the promise of hope. Sometimes when we think of hope, we think it's kind of like I I wish upon a star. Uh, I really hope that this works. I really hope that this plays out the way that I want it to. That's not biblical hope. Biblical hope is grounded in the sure promises of God. And so this morning, one of the gifts that God gives to his children uh, is the gift of hope. If you're anything like me, sometimes you think to yourself, boy, the, the thing that's out there, the promise that is to come, that's fantastic, but I sure would like something for today. It it seems like hope is distant, like it's out there. But not only does God give hope for tomorrow, He gives help uh, for uh, today. Look at verse 26, Romans chapter 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray uh, for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. One of the gifts that God gives to uh, his children is strength. And the reason that he gives strength, the reason uh, that he gives us what we need is because we are not naturally strong, right? At at our core, we're, we're actually quite weak. Right? We, we don't approach God from a position of strength. We approach God from a position of need. And so God meets us in our uh, need. I love what author Paul David Tripp wrote in uh, his book about Advent. He says, The Christmas story confronts our delusions that we can live healthy and wholesome, independent lives. If we were capable of being what we're supposed to be and doing what we were designed to do, And if we were able to solve our deepest and most foundational problems, then there would have been no need whatsoever for Jesus to take on human form, to be born as a baby, to live, die, and rise again. The Christmas story confronts us with our dependency. The Christmas story tells us that we need help. The Christmas story tells us that Uh, spiritual need and spiritual dependency are universal and inescapable. It makes no sense to celebrate the birth of Jesus when you strive for independence. So God, in our need, uh, has sent help. Uh, Scripture says that the Spirit helps us in the way that He helps us uh, is by praying for us, right? So if If this is hope, kids, help me out. Help me out. out. If this is hope, right, this is help. Right? If this is hope, right, this is help. Uh, Prayers are helpful. A friend recently asked me just last week, James, how can I pray for you? And I thought to myself, "I I have no idea. I have no idea. Ever had an experience like that before where you've wanted to pray for someone, you've wanted to pray for a friend or a family member or someone you care deeply about or someone has asked you, what can I pray for, what can I pray about? And you go, I don't know. You see, we we see in part, we don't see what God is doing all the time. We don't know how he's working in our hearts and in our lives. And sometimes we don't even know what to pray about. But scripture teaches us that the spirit of the living God prays for you. The spirit of the living God prays for me. God, the spirit prays uh, to God the Father. That is good news. Right, it's good news that when you don't see and when you don't know what God is doing or how he's moving or how he's acting uh, in your heart, the spirit of the living God is praying uh, to the Father on your behalf. Uh, one of the gifts that God gives to his children is the gift of hope. Right? This is the gift of hope. Uh, God also grants to us help. Uh, And the help that he provides is the spirit that prays uh, for us. And finally, God uh, gives us the the gift of victory. God gives us the the gift of victory. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Uh, For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also uh, glorified. I see the beautiful promise here for you and for me verse 28 says and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Uh, Sometimes we can be pretty flippant with this verse. We can throw it out in the most inopportune time, uh, and yet there is truth in here that is life-giving. When Scripture says all things work together for good, that doesn't mean that everything's going to play out the way that we want it to. It doesn't mean that life is always going to go our way. It doesn't mean that everything's going to line up just so. Uh, what it means is that the work that God is doing in you and me in transforming us uh, into the image of Jesus is um, not going to be thwarted. Right? Nothing is going to stop God from doing his good work uh, in his children. In fact, the work that he started, uh, he is going to finish Scripture says, if you are predestined, then you are called, and if you are called, you are justified, and if you are justified, uh, you are glorified, you will be uh, glorified. In other words, God gives us ultimate victory. And so I started thinking to myself, what is a good motion for victory? Uh, And then I remember two weeks ago when it snowed, I was over at a friend's house for a meeting. I was leaving the meeting and I walked out the front door into the driveway and there was a rather large pile of snow to my right. Uh, My friend was pulling out of the driveway. He will remain nameless, but just for the sake of the story, we'll call him Bill. Bill was pulling out of the driveway, and he had his front window down, Um, and I looked up, and I saw that he had his front window down, and then I looked to my right, and Jehovah Jireh just provided a big old mound of snow, and I started connecting the dots in my mind, and I thought to myself, this would be a wonderful opportunity um, to gather some snow and make a snowball, and so I did that. I reached down, and I grabbed some snow, and I made a snowball. By now, my friend had pulled out of the driveway in reverse, had just put his car in the drive, and I just thought, Lord help me. And I reached back and I threw the snowball as hard as I could. And man, God is so good. He is so good. I I can't hit the broadside of a barn, but for whatever reason, that snowball had like a GPS on it and it found Bill's open window and the snowball just splattered all over. And when that happened, I just raised my hands to the heavens and victory. I just thought, God, you have been so good to me, right? This is is like the universal sign of victory, right? You know that there will be a day and that there will be a time uh, when you will raise your hands in victory, um, that the good work that God started in you, he uh, will finish. So we will uh, experience uh, sanctification. We will experience life as God intended uh, for it to be. Um, I should let you know, sometimes people ask, like these gifts that God gives, like who gets to enjoy the gifts? Right? Who are the gifts for? Are they gifts for everyone? Are they just for me? Well, Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 um, that, uh, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When Scripture talks about for those who are in Christ Jesus, it means for those uh, who are rightly related to the God who made them. You see, Scripture teaches us that God made us to live in a relationship with Him. God loved us with a perfect love. But Scripture teaches us that humanity kind of went their own way. And because of that, you and me, we inherit uh, traits from our father, Adam. Uh, All of us are born into sin. There are things that we say, that we think, and that we do that run contrary uh, to God's law. And because God is just and because God is holy, he cannot ignore our sin or think less of our sin or simply sweep our sin under the rug. He must deal with our sin. But not only is God just and holy, God is also merciful and he is full of grace. And so he sent his son Jesus, fully God and fully man, to be born of a virgin, to live a perfect life and to die a sinner's death. When Jesus was crucified, the punishment that rightfully belonged to me and to you uh, was placed upon Jesus. Uh, Jesus was buried and he rose again three days later. And because Jesus uh, defeated death, you and me can experience life uh, through faith in his finished work. Um, This kind of hope that God offers uh, is the same hope that you and I can experience uh, today. Uh, God is still in the business of changing uh, hearts and lives. Uh, this morning, we have the great privilege of hearing from uh, four of our students who God is changing. Uh, and so this morning, I want to ask uh, Noah and Connor and Addie and Hollister, uh, if they would, to come up front. And I want them to share their stories of uh, the good work that God has done in their hearts uh, and in their lives. And so, Noah, I want you to come right here. You get to step up to the plate first. And Connor, you're going to go second. And Addie, you're going to go third. And Hollister, who is the best-dressed man here, you are going to go last. All right, Noah, why don't you share your story, what God's done in your life, okay?
1: I want to be baptized because I would like to show everyone that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. There were a few moments when I knew I believed over the last few years. One of those times was when I was having worries, and then God helped me through them. I think I'm starting to see God's glory play out in me. I like it when God shows his full glory in the Bible and shows that he is the one true God. I love God, and he is awesome.
0: I love that. Thanks, Noah.
1: Uh, when I was in um, Christ Community Church, I took Awana, and during that, when I was about to complete one of the thing, achievements for it, and he, um, my teacher asked me if I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and we talked about it, and after that, he talked to me about it, and after that, we prayed together. And once we did that, I felt like I had a better understanding about what it meant for Jesus to be my savior and about what
0: that meant to my life and to me. Cool, thanks so much, Connor. <laughs> hey, Connor, you can stay up here. I'm not done with you. you have, I, I get to pray for you. Um, I went to camp this summer
1: and I really connected with Jesus there and I hadn't really been with him that much. And so um, I accepted Jesus into my heart at camp this summer, and it really changed my life. And um, I realized how much the Holy Spirit had changed my heart, and so I wanted to get baptized. So. Thanks, Amy. Back in the fourth grade, December of 2017, I really liked this girl, and she didn't really like me as much. So I started giving her gifts and cards and writing her songs, but it had the opposite effect. Due to my actions, I was not allowed to talk to her for the rest of the school year. I took that really, really hard and to be honest, I was a hot mess. (laughs) It was at this time in my life where I realized I needed God. So I sat outside and talked to God for a long time, and I felt something turn on when I did. And from that point on, I knew He was with me. I knew God would be there with me through anything. There are a lot of things that I struggle to forgive myself for, and I need Jesus to be my savior. I want to be baptized because it represents my faith in God's work to build a loving relationship with me and my desire to have one with him. It's like washing away a part of me that tries to be something I'm not. I'm not making the right decisions when I'm trying to be cool or inappropriately funny, as I want people to pay attention to me. By making the choice to be baptized, I'm accepting that Jesus died for me for me, and I need to walk with him so others see him instead of me. So this is where my story begins. Thank you.
0: Uh, One of the things that I I want each of you to remember is that uh, the God of the universe has poured hope uh, into your hearts, uh, that the work that God began in you, uh, that he will finish. Uh, I want you to know that regardless of what life holds for you, that the Spirit of the living God is praying for each and every one of you according uh, to the will of God. And I want you to be reminded that because of Jesus, uh, you will stand in victory uh, before him someday. So I'm so excited for the work that he's begun in your lives, and I'm so excited to to see what he will do uh, in the days ahead. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for uh, Noah and for Connor, for Addie, and for Hollister. Thank you for the good work that you have started in them. Uh, Thank you for granting to them uh, hope. Uh, Lord, I thank you so much that uh, even now that uh, your spirit uh, prays on their behalf according to the will of the Father. Uh, That is good news. Uh, God, thank you so much that the work that you started in them, that you'll finish Uh, That not only did uh, you uh, call them, not only have you justified them, but you will uh, glorify them as well. Uh, God, we give you thanks this morning for the work that you've done, not only in their lives, but in ours as well. If there are folks here this morning that do not have a relationship with you, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, you may open up their eyes, that they might trust in the finished work of Jesus by faith. Uh, God, I pray for us this morning as we reflect upon, as we remember the birth of Jesus, that we might remember the hope uh, has come to us. Uh, this morning we celebrate, God, the good work uh, that you have done. Look at uh, what you have done. God, we give you thanks. Lord, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. You may have a seat.